Today is the third Sunday in Lent, Oculi Sunday, and the Gospel reading is taken from the 11th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, beginning with the 14th verse. And he was casting on a demon, and it was mute. So it was, when the demon had gone out, that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted, and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last day of that man is worse than the first. It happened as he spoke these things, the certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breast which nursed you. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Thus begins the gradual appointed for this day, and this Sunday takes its name from the gradual. For the word oculi means eyes. It is eyes Sunday. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. There is a trap, a net, set for us all. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, were ensnared in the Garden of Eden, and we, due to the weakness of our fallen natures, are all too easily ensnared. Our calling is to be imitators of God as dear children, but far too often we imitate that which is born in us from Adam. The Lord delivers us from captivity to the devil, for he adopts us as children in Christ Jesus. Throughout Lent we behold the power of the divine word, on Invocavit, the first Sunday in Lent, we heard how the word, it is written, it was the means by which our Lord defeated Satan three times in the time of temptation. Last Sunday, Remenesira, we heard how the efficacy of the divine word was unchanged by distance, as the Lord had but to speak of the deliverance of the child of the Syrophoenician woman, and the child was freed from demonic affliction. In this Sunday's Gospel, we begin with the Lord casting out a demon. The demon was mute, as recorded in Scripture, so it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. Throughout the Gospels we hear, time and again, how the demons afflicted men, women, and children in a variety of ways, causing injury, infirmity, and sorrow. The afflictions that come by natural means are often enough to almost overwhelm us, the intentionality of the afflictions that come about through such demonic influence is almost beyond comprehension. Often we think of demonic influence in connection with wicked inclination, temptations, evil dreams, and so on. But the gospel reminds us that 
the demonic affliction can extend to various other afflictions. Our sin brought devastation to the world, leading to death, for the wages of sin is death. But our sin also opened the way to such spiritual affliction. We have only to think of the circumstances of Job to be reminded of that which the evil one may be permitted to do in the midst of this fallen world. But in such circumstances, the power of the evil one remains within constraints, so that the saints of God would be preserved to the glory of God. The Lord, who has come to destroy all the devil's power and to deliver his people, casts out the demon. And then the mute man spoke. One who had been delivered in such an astounding way should have been a great comfort, as it is for us, for it demonstrates the meaning of that which the Lord would soon proclaim. We see, again, that the Lord has but to speak, and the demons are cast out. However, there were those who immediately raised their voices in opposition to the divine word. For we read, But some of them said, He cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. At least the demon had been silent. These who now spoke blasphemed. Attributing the word of the Lord to the evil one is a vile blasphemy. Such ones were prepared to look upon the good work, the divine work, which Jesus performed for this afflicted person, and insanely tried to attribute that work to the devil. Such is the wickedness of this blasphemy, that, like the devil in the garden, of, uh, in the garden who told Eve, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So in like manner, these blasphemers seek to turn the word on its head, and they do so at the risk of their very own destruction. The other faction tries to look more pious, but still they blaspheme, for they have seen Jesus cast out a demon, and then they sought from him a sign from heaven. If casting out demons is not a sign from heaven, what could be? But this is how it is with sinful men. The fallen nature of man does not want the works which the Lord performs, but some other work which the sin-depraved mind thinks would be somehow better or more holy. These are the sort who look down their noses at the miracles which the Lord has promised, and which he accomplishes in his church day by day. For the Lord causes holy baptism to be a washing of regeneration for the creation of the new man and for the forgiveness of sins. The Lord grants the word of absolution, whereby our sins are forgiven. The Lord gives his church his body to eat and his blood to drink for the forgiveness of sins in the holy sacrament of the altar. And such men still despise the works of the Lord while insisting that they are seeking a sign from heaven. They want some petty miracle which the Lord has not promised, and grow bored and dismissive of the miracles he has promised and does grant day by day to his church. We might marvel that men could see the Son of God cast out a demon and then try to test the Lord, seeking a sign from heaven. But this is what happens when false teachers cast doubts on the holy sacraments and efficacious word, which the Lord has granted to his saints, to his church. The rebellious spirit always seeks after some new thing, according to the corrupted imagination of men. Men fear death, and they seek security from death, 
but in the midst of all of their preparations trying to avoid death, they forget God. And when they receive some good, then, too, they forget God. In his large catechism, Martin Luther wrote in the explanation of the second commandment, that is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he explained as follows, and I quote, For this purpose, it also helps to form the habit of commending ourselves each day to God. Our soul and body, wife, children, servants, and all that we have, for his protection against every conceivable need. Thus has originated and continued among us the custom of saying grace, and returning thanks at meals, and saying other prayers for both morning and evening. From the same source came the custom of children who cross themselves when they see or hear anything monstrous or fearful, and exclaim, Lord God, save us, help us, dear Lord Christ. Thus, too, if anyone meets with unexpected good fortune, however trivial, he may say, God be praised and thanked. End of quote. It's not without reason that the hymn A Mighty Fortress is associated with this day. For it is a reminder that all such blessings as we have received may pass away, and yet the surety of the promises of the Lord remain unchanged. Our prayer is that the Lord would sustain us in the faith, deliver us from Satan's snares, and bring us into the everlasting enjoyment of the salvation of our God. It is thus that St. Paul counsels the church to walk daily in the grace of our baptism. For he wrote, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But often this gracious imitation is what is lacking, Instead, the temptation is to be conformed to the world, and that which is not fitting for saints is known among us. Fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness are present. The idolatry of covetousness is one of the reigning sins of our age, but fornication and all uncleanness are in manifest abundance. St. Paul speaks strongly, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Repentance involves an earnest intention to amend our sinful lives, to turn away from uncleanness and live for Christ. Contrition feels the dread sickness of our sin. To continue to stumble about in the darkness of sin risks the true death. There could be no worse end for one who has been reborn in baptism as a child of light. But what shall be said? When we seek to clean up our own sinful lives, we are like the man mentioned in the Gospel reading. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. The last state of that man is worse than the first. The unclean spirit finds a human being to be a house a dwelling place. This is how disastrous is the condition of man apart from baptism and faith in Christ Jesus. Wicked spirits find men to be a comfy place to live, and all the efforts of men apart from the grace of God are simply so much sweeping up in preparation for new horrors. Our salvation is only in the victorious Christ. Hear the way in which our gracious Lord describes his victory. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted, and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. 
This is the deliverance which the Lord of heaven and earth works for us. The wicked spirits have their abode in sinful men. The works of men cannot drive them out. Though men cultivate good works, if there is not faith in the Christ, the end of such labors is in futility, for they cannot overcome damnation. The stronger one, the victorious one, is the Christ, who has won this victory for us. He has crushed the head of the serpent under his heel. He has conquered the grave. He has atoned for sin, and through faith in Jesus we are forgiven. The valiant one fights for us and overcomes the evil one. Though devils all the world should fill, still we have this victory in Christ Jesus. This is why the Lord has given such sure and certain means of grace, so that we would have no cause to doubt concerning our salvation. Lent is a season of repentance, and at the heart of repentance is a sorrow over sin and a hope for mercy, centered in the trust which we have toward the Lord who has delivered us out of death and who has freed us from the terrible slavery under which we labored. Proper reflection on our sins in the midst of these weeks of meditation, prayer, and fasting is simply an occasion to grow in our trust in that which the Lord has accomplished for us. For our Lord's precious blood was shed for us and for our salvation, so that we would be freed from the snares of the evil one. He has set our feet free from the devil's net, and he guides us in the way of life and peace. In his mercy, Jesus gives us this peace which the world could not give, and delivers us from all of the treachery of the evil one. Amen. Let us pray. We beseech thee, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants, and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. We also have a midweek service on Wednesdays with a matins at 11 o'clock in the morning and a vespers at 7 o'clock in the evening. And we invite you to join us for those occasions as well. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church, you may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.